0: Hey what's up everyone welcome in welcome to episode 80 we're 20 episodes away from the big 100 the big hundo episode 80 of WFS the Will Ford show terrific to be in on a Tuesday Tuesday night um, school just started back up for me so trying to figure out the schedule things have been a little bit crazy. But I'm figuring everything's out, trying to see how the schedule's going to align. And so, yeah, I'm just figuring everything out, but I'm glad to be back. We're going to jump right into the show, as it's been a minute since I've been on the mic. Some really surprising news in the NFL, and I'm going to start off with this because this is just insane to me, and I was just shocked to hear it. Andrew Luck, star quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, uh, decided to hang up the cleats, hang up the, the shoulder pads, and and retire. Uh, at the age of 29. And so I was just stunned to hear the news. I found out from a friend I was I believe I was just chilling at home or maybe I was at a friend's house playing playing some cards or something and I, s- I got a text from friend Alec Bell who's been on the show many times. Shout out. And he said, "What the heck, Andrew Luck?" and I was like, "Oh, what did he do? Did he like get hurt again or something?" Which wouldn't have been surprised, but come to think he's you know, take, take a look on Bleacher Report and he retired. So I was just absolutely not prepared to see that. I just had no idea. Um, But he has cited some injury concerns and his injury history as the reason behind his retirement. And so he felt that his injuries, what he's been going through, it's taken a toll on him mentally, which I'm sure I mean, I can't, obviously I can't compare, but I'm sure that that is a real thing that happens with NFL players where constantly rehabbing can be very laborious on the mind more so than the body. Uh, Ask Kobe Bryant that question, the end of his career, how much of the toll that took on him mentally. And he's one of the, the, the strongest athletes ever in terms of mindset and mentality i'm sure rehabbing so much over the last few years of his career was tough so i can only imagine what andrew luck was going through through six years in the nfl through his career he's suffered from he had his shoulder injury uh like a season and a half ago that was preventing him from even using his throwing arm he couldn't throw a football he was throwing tennis balls and so he was really struggling to throw and then obviously he played last year um and seemed to be fine physically. Right now he at the time of his retirement he was dealing with a calf slash ankle uh injury. Kinda of mysterious. Not many people knew what was going on with it, but he hadn't played yet in preseason. And he decided to announce his retirement right at the end of a preseason game. And fans found out fans found out about his retirement you know, before he announced it, before the game finished, and as he was leaving the field at the end of the game, fans booed him off the field, which I thought was very disrespectful of Indianapolis Colts fans. And, like, look, I get it. Your your star quarterback is now gone. You're left with your backup. A pretty decent one, mind you, and Jacoby Brissett. But your star quarterback leaves you just when your team is starting to get really good. Like The Colts were probably the hottest team in the NFL at the end of the year last year. The Colts and the Dallas Cowboys, I think, were the hottest teams going into the playoffs. And Andrew Luck was finally getting a good offensive line in front of him. Finally, a respectable running game. A defense that was carrying its weight. And the injuries just took too much of a toll. I compare him very much to Tony Romo. Tony Romo at the end of his career. Because if you look at Tony Romo's career... The first 10 years of his career, the Cowboys were very much in disarray at the time. Jerry Jones had no idea what was going on. He was in crisis. And so Tony Romo never had an elite offensive line or even a decent one at that. Only had one season with a 1,000-yard rusher. And he had some solid weapons on the outside over the years. He had Terrell Owens. Granted, it was near the end of his career. He had Miles Austin. Um, Patrick Creighton and guys like that but his defense was never great outside of DeMarcus Ware and Anthony Spencer and Terrence Newman and those guys and then finally when when things start to look good for the Cowboys they build a great roster you know they have an elite offensive line which was the best in in the NFL they have DeMarco Murray who's a 1000 yard rusher uh, more like 1500 yard rusher I mean just an incredible year from him and then they have Des Bryant and Jason Witten and um, a defense that was a bend don't break defense. They did enough every game, and just when you think the Cowboys are going to turn the corner, win that Super Bowl, Tony Romo goes down uh, again. He had back injuries and you know hand injuries and just several laboring injuries. Collarbone broke his collarbone multiple times, and so at the end of his career, you're an, you know you're an older quarterback it's tougher on the body when you're older. And so one hit, you know, broke a a bone in his back and he was done. And then Dak Prescott takes over and you know the rest. I compare Andrew Luck very similarly to that, except the only difference is that Andrew Luck voluntarily retired, whereas Tony Romo was kind of in a way forced to because he didn't want to play anywhere else. The only and, you know, another difference between Andrew Luck and Tony Romo is Tony Romo was Reaching the end of his career at the time, he only had around maybe three or four good years left of good football, when healthy. Andrew Luck's 29. There's a chance that Andrew Luck could come back if you just give him a couple of years, maybe a year or two, to just kind of get healthy and just relax and just take your mind off of the grind of football. Because I think the injuries just kind of take more of a toll on the mind more so than the body. And so I think he just needs to decompress for a year or two. And I think in a couple of years, we might see Andrew Luck come back because he's one of the, the best quarterbacks in the league. Great leader, great person. I think Andrew Luck will be back at some point, but it may be a couple of years just to give him a chance to decompress and relax. Andrew Luck's situation is also very similar to Rob Gronkowski of the New England Patriots. You know, he retired because of the, the injuries he went through with the elbow and the back and the shoulders and... You know, he's a big guy, Gronk is. 6'6 plus, 250 pounds plus. I mean, the guy is just, he was a freak. And it just a mammoth of a man. And the injuries take a toll. And Rob Gronkowski has said recently amid this retirement decision by Andrew Luck that, you know, Rob Gronkowski said that he can still play. Physically, he's fine now. But... You know the game of football has just taken such a toll on his mind that right now he is in no state of mind to play the game, and he's not ready to get back to the grind. And so we could be seeing a possible comeback from Gronk, uh, Gronk here in a couple of years. We don't know, um, but we'll we'll see. I mean, it's leave Andrew Luck's leaving the Colts in a pretty tough position. Um, that's. You know it's tough being a like a week and a half out from the start of the regular season, and then you have gotta immediately jump to your backup. He's got to get first team reps and stuff. It's that's a tough situation. I, and I'm not saying I was wrong of Andrew Luck to retire when he did because you know you know when you know. Um, I think the Colts they're gonna be okay. And or Jacoby Brissett is a respectable backup. I don't think he's going to be a world beater he's not going to be an mvp caliber quarterback but i think he'll do enough to keep the colts in contention uh, for a possible wild card spot they're not going to win the division unfortunately but um, like i predicted they would i think you got to give me a free pass on that one because i i don't think anyone predicted this um i think they'll be fine but i don't i don't think they're going to make the playoffs Um, you're going to have to give Jacoby Brissett some time to kind of develop as a passer. He's not a great pocket passer. So yeah, leaving the Colts in a tough spot. I do want to jump back to the fans of the Colts real quick. Uh, Colts fans have had it pretty lucky over the past 20 years. If you're a Colt fan and you're listening, um, thank you for listening, by the way. Um, you've had it pretty lucky, you've had it pretty good over the last 20 years. You uh, 19 of the last 20 years, you've had either. Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck as your quarterback. Pretty darn fortunate. Uh, the only year, the, the one year that I'm referring to is when Peyton Manning was hurt with the neck surgeries. And it was the year the Colts went into the tank to get Andrew Luck before Peyton Manning moved on. Um, but other than that, the the Colts and Colts fans have been very fortunate. Not many franchises can say that they've had elite talent at the quarterback position for two decades like running two decades running and just pure greatness at quarterback. Um, I mean, just imagine how the Cleveland Browns felt, um, over the last 20 years, not having a consistent quarterback, you know, drafting a quarterback year after year that turns into a bust bust and another bust and another bust and another bust. um, Colts fans better be pretty fortunate and they should be thanking Andrew Luck rather than booing him off the field. Um, I understand the knee-jerk reaction. I would be upset too, but you've got to understand the circumstances of the retirement. All right, I'm going to shift gears to this, uh, go back to some NFL record predictions. Um, Coming up on the season starting, I haven't done a record prediction in a while, so I'm going to do a couple of divisions uh, today um, and be pretty brief with them. Um, I want to go back to the AFC South real quick. Colts will no longer win the division. I think it's. I think I've earned the right to be able to correct that. I mean, you got to give me a pass on that one because I. Who's going to guess that a star quarterback is going to retire? So um, I think the the winner of the division now. I think if the Houston Texans get their offensive line right, um, they, they drafted some guys this year. If it works out for them, they're going to be the division winner. They went 11 and five last year with a terrible offensive line. I think they can definitely do that again with an offensive line that should improve. Um, and then I would put the Jaguars number two. Um, Colts are going to go they'll be fighting with the Tennessee Titans come to the end of the year. The Tennessee Titans are no easy out either. Um, but the order is going to, for the most part, stay the same. Colts will drop. Texans will catapult to the top. And that's where I like them. Um, moving on to the AFC West to round out the AFC. We've got the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders. Should be a very interesting division. I think that is the toughest division in football. Each and every year, um for the most part, three of those four teams are vying for a playoff spot every year. um You know the chiefs and the Chargers are so high powered on offense and defense um Broncos are never an easy out despite not having a great offensive line, despite the revolving door at quarterback, despite not having a great running back in recent memory until now with Philip Lindsay. Um, and then always being known for having a, a very tough defense. Um, and then the Raiders, they just seem like a, a clown show to me. They did improve in areas. I think they're going to be better. I think they could push for a playoff spot, but I just don't. I think it's going to take some time, um, especially with all this A-B drama, John Gruden drama. Who knows? Um, but I I do think the Chiefs are going to repeat as division champs. Um if you would have asked me this weeks ago, I would have said the chargers. Um, but I think it's going to be the chiefs again, because, um, yes, they do loot. They, they have lost some talent. Kareem hunt has gone. Um, but you know, Damian Williams, I think is a serviceable replacement. Um, they added honey badger, Tyron Matthew in the secondary, which is going to really help them out. um, And then Patrick Mahomes, I don't think he's going to have a 5,000-yard, 50-touchdown season again. I think he'll take a step back, come down to earth a little bit. But they're still going to be really good. Tyreek Hill is not going to miss any time. Sammy Watkins will be healthy. I really like the Chiefs, although I think they may take a step back as far as the fireworks and the firepower. They're still going to win the division. Chargers will be a close second, um, simply because they've got some injuries to start the year and there's uncertainty with... Melvin Gordon. Um Melvin Gordon's still holding out, wants to be traded, but also wants a new deal. And it's yet to be seen what they uh what they do. Also, this just popped into my head. Um, Texans are going to be without their their starting running back, Lamar Miller. That is also another big thing to note. Um so I believe Alfred Blue will be their their new starting back. Um, unless they find another guy, maybe they trade for Melvin Gordon. Um, that's going to be tough for them without a solid running game. But that division is kind of weaker. And so really, I think it's going to be a race between the Jags and the Texans. Still sticking with the Texans. But anyways, back to the AFC West. Uh, Chargers are, are out without Melvin Gordon right now. Justin Jackson, I think, is a decent, a decent guy who can come in and, and fill in and be okay. Um, But on the defensive side, Derwin James is out right now, and that is really tough because he is one of, if not the best safety in football, and he's only going to be a second-year player this year. Um, It's it's really going to be tough without him. Um, I'm a big Chargers guy. I love the Chargers, but for some reason this year, I feel a little bit shakier about them just because of the injuries they have on defense, and then you know Melvin Gorn being gone although i think they'll be fine they just feel like they're going to be they're going to take a step back this year a bigger step back than the chiefs um the broncos very tough out um especially at home in the mile high city but they're they're usually an 8 and 8 team every year um they do enough to make a push and they keep themselves in it until the end and I think that's going to be similar this year. I think Joe Flacco is a step up than what they've had at quarterback in recent years, um, but I still think they're going to finish middle of the pack and be in that third spot. And then the Raiders, they'll finish fourth. And I'm just, I'm, not, I'm just not buying into the Gruden hype. Um, Gruden did win a Super Bowl as a coach, but we got to remember that it was Tony Dungy's team that he took over um it was already built ready for him and i think it was i think john gruden kind of just caught lightning in a bottle and won a super bowl i think it's that simple uh is he a, a a decent coach maybe but um i don't know i'm just not buying into it they'll finish fourth in the division um moving on now to the nfc um the NFC North we got the the Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions. Um I don't know. I I really like the Chicago Bears. They've got a really tough defense. Um Mitchell Trubisky is growing as a quarterback and they've added some great weapons over the last couple of years. Um Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Trey Burton. Um they did lose Jordan Howard at running back, so that is a void um, that they'll have to fill. They did draft a couple guys. Tariq Cohen is still there. Um, so we'll see how they look at the running back spot um, and in the running game to help out Trubisky um, as he develops. Uh, but with that defense, man, it's just going to really hard. It's going to be really difficult to beat them at Soldier Field and just really beat them anywhere with that defense. I like them to win the division, um, give them a solid 11-5 and record, um maybe 12 and 4 um the green bay packers i think are going to be a very close second i think the packers are going to be much improved from last year their defense is pretty darn good on paper um there's no excuses now for aaron rodgers he's got the defense to to stop other offenses now he it's it's put up or shut up time with his new head coach matt lafleur they've got to get it together um and i think they will I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a resurgent year, be healthy for the most part. um, And I think they will finish around 11 and five as well, maybe 10 and six and push for that wild wild card spot in the NFC. The Vikings, uh, I don't, I'm not a big Kirk Cousins guy. Uh, He's a stat sheet stuffer, but he doesn't win the big games. Missed the playoffs last year. They were too talented of a team to miss the playoffs and they did. Um, But I think with Dalvin Cook back this year, they're going to be a lot better in the running game. Dalvin Cook, I think, is going to explode this year, and I do like Kirk Cousins' chemistry with Adam Thielen, Um, and they're returning Kyle Rudolph, Stephon Diggs. The offense is really talented, and then they've obviously got a, a good defense as well, and Minnesota is a very tough place to play in with those fans. Um, but I just don't trust Kirk Cousins late in the year. That's why I think an eight and eight, nine and seven record fits them just because that's what Kirk Cousins is. He's average. Uh, he's an average player on a, uh, top tier salary. So, um, there's that. Um, and then lastly, the Detroit Lions, they're also a team that's just not very good year to year. Um, they're the probably the worst team that's never talked about. Like we always talked about the Browns as a joke and as a terrible team. We forget like the Detroit Lions have been bad for so long. Like yeah, I think they made the playoffs in twenty fourteen as a wild card, but they've just been so bad and nobody talks about them. They're so mediocre, um, and that's not Matt Stafford's fault. He just hasn't had a great team around him. I don't like Matt Patricia as head coach. I think he's very defense oriented and they need an offensive guy, uh, especially to help out with the running game. I don't know. Um I just don't I just don't like the Lions. I see a 6 and 10 finish for them this year. They're just not a very good team. Uh period point blank. Um and then lastly, we'll close out NFL record predictions with the NFC South. Um, and I'll put these predictions on Twitter as well. Um, and then in the next episode, we'll we'll finish off the NFC with the NFC East and the NFC West. But with the NFC South, we've got the Atlanta Falcons, the New Orleans Saints, the, the Carolina Panthers, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, the, the order I read that is actually going to be the order that I think they're going to finish this year. Um, the saints won't win the division although they're a really good team they struggled at the end of last year i think they'll take a step back i think they're i think they're thinking about last year's nfc championship too much and that's a problem they'll take a step back drew brees last year at the end of the year showed his age although he's still very very good and is probably going to break more records um i just think they're going to take a step back um, I have the Falcons winning the division around twelve and four or eleven and five. Uh I think Matt Ryan's gonna have a very resurgent year. The defense is healthier. Uh defense, they were just heavily de- depleted last year. Like guys like Desmond Truffaut and Dion Jones, um, Vic Beasley, like all those guys are just hurt. Uh, and so they're all gonna be back um and they're going to be a better team, especially defensively. Now, the Falcons did lose Tevin Coleman to the Forty ers who was their kind of their one-two punch back with Dev, uh, Devontae Freeman. But Freeman will get his starting role all to himself now, and uh, I think he'll be a lot better. I think the Falcons are going to be a lot better. They're going to be that a Super Bowl quality team that they were a couple of years ago when they lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Um. I like them winning the division. Saints will be behind them. They'll take a step back. They'll be 10 and 6 uh for the reasons I mentioned earlier. The Carolina Panthers uh Cam Newton, I just don't know what his his injury uh status is going to be like week to week, uh year to year. Uh you know he struggled with the shoulder last year and that kind of hurt their chances of making the playoffs closer to the end of the year. Um I do think Christian McCaffrey is going to have a great year. I think he's got an outstanding chance to have 2000 purpose yards, all purpose yards, uh so over 1000 rushing and over 1000 receiving. I think he can do it. He was close to doing it last year and I'm looking for him to do it this year and possibly be Offensive player of the year in the NFC, my bold prediction. Um, And then lastly, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're going to need a year under Bruce Arians to grow, especially as an offense. I think Bruce Arians can fix Jameis Winston. It's just going to be a matter of time. Uh, They'll need a year or two to kind of gel, build a new system around Jameis and his strengths. Uh, I do think Chris Godwin is going to be a guy who's going to emerge this year especially with D-Jax being gone, Deshaun Jackson off to Philadelphia. He'll be a, a clear-cut number two guy now behind Mike Evans. And I think he'll flourish taking, uh, you know, with Mike Evans drawing double teams, he'll be able to get a lot more looks uh, from Jameis. And I think in a couple years, this team will start to be a lot better in this already competitive division one of the more competitive divisions in football. Uh, but I think the Buccaneers will be roughly, um, you know, eight and eight, seven and nine. Maybe I think they'll, they'll take a step up. Um, and then the Panthers, you know, I think around eight and eight, nine and seven Falcons, um, around 12 and four. And then the saints 10 and six. So I will put those NFL record predictions on Twitter, um, tomorrow for you guys. And then, yeah, so we got two more divisions left. We're going to round those out in the next episode, um, before the season starts. Cause I know that's fast approaching and I am ultra excited. Um, some other NFL news, and this is actually very interesting. We talk about, um, women getting equal opportunity in sports, whether it's competing, coaching, um management you know things like things of that nature um well we there is a a chance albeit slim there is a chance that a female could join an nfl roster uh, before the end of preseason as a kicker um carly lloyd who was on the uh world cup champion u.s women's national team for soccer um she's a huge philadelphia eagles fan and she went to a Philadelphia Eagles camp, uh, a practice, and she was kicking some field goals and she drilled a 55-yard field goal um right down the pipe as well, right down the middle and absolutely crushed it and you know that video surfaced, you know, everywhere and so now NFL teams have actually reached out to her and one team even offered to put her um on the final preseason roster heading into the final preseason game. And um, none of those teams have been disclosed uh, to my knowledge. I looked at an article and none of those teams were listed in the article, but teams have reached out to her. Um, Now I'm all for women getting equal opportunity. And I love that. And I think it would be very revolutionary to see a woman join the NFL as a player um and i'm not saying that women aren't tough enough to play football or play physical sports because you know soccer is a physical sport we know that but my only concern is if she plays like I, how are male nfl players going to approach um trying to block a field goal because you know sometimes running into the kicker happens um what if she does kickoffs like how are the male players going to approach it? What if she just gets absolutely laid out? I'm not saying that Carly Lloyd or other women wouldn't be tough enough to take it. It's not what I'm saying at all. Don't get my words twisted. But how, I'm just interested to know the thought process of men, like these NFL players, and how they would approach trying to block her kicks. You know, because sometimes, you know, you make contact and you knock them down. And on kickoffs, you know, kickers can just get blasted by blocks. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. And then also how would that be perceived by the general public, the fan base, the NFL fan base? I, I ju- I'm just not sure how it would be perceived. Um, would it make the NFL interesting? Absolutely. I would be super interested to watch that. It would be groundbreaking for women in sports. Um, and just absolutely revolutionary, um, and I think she could do it. Obviously, she made a fifty-yard, fifty-five-yard field goal, but it's a lot different when you have a rush coming at you. Um, you have the snap and the hold, the timing. Will she get overwhelmed by that? Not ever being, not ever uh, being in that situation before. I don't know. I'm just really intrigued by the whole situation and. I doubt, though, that she's going to end up signing with an NFL roster this year um, because she's still playing for the U.S. women's national team. And um, they're actually doing a tour, I believe, right now. The team is like a victory tour. Yeah, so um, they're actually scheduled to play in Portugal against Portugal sorry in Philadelphia as part of their victory tour um and that's um you know that's the same night as the final preseason week um on that Thursday so I think it's unlikely that she does anything this year accepts an offer this year and plays but she is seriously considering it and I think she should I think it would be very interesting for the league Um. And it can empower women to uh, chase that dream of playing a sport that is not typically played by females. And I think it could just be really inspiring. I'm just really interested to see how the whole thing plays out. Uh, yeah, I'm just super interested in that. And I'm, I am I want to see how that plays out. Um, But moving on, I want to shift gears. Um, the U S open, uh, and tennis is starting up. It's the final grand slam, uh, of the calendar year for tennis. Uh, we're back on hard court. Um, last year, Novak Djokovic took this tournament. Uh, he's been on a tear right now. He's won, I think five of the last six majors, which is incredible to me, or I might have that number wrong, but he's just been in, been incredible. Um, first round action was, uh, yesterday, Serena Williams played Maria Sharapova in the first round. Um, Serena Williams faced a break point in the second set, but was able to kind of pull it together and knock off Sharapova in straight sets. And that was her first match since losing the controversial U S open final last year against Naomi Osaka. So she's starting off the tournament on a good note. And she's now beaten Maria Sharapova nineteen times in a row, Um, and she leads the series twenty and twenty to two. So if you think about this, years and years ago when Sharapova and Serena first started, like played their first match against each other, uh, Sharapova was leading the series two one, and now. Serena has won 19 straight and leads 20 to two. That's pretty remarkable. Um, and then Roger Federer uh, played his first round matchup yesterday. Uh, it was a bit shaky, a bit of a shaky start for him. Uh, he played against an Indian-born uh, qualifier uh, who's ranked 190th in the world, uh, Sumit Nagal. Kind of sounds similar to Rafael Nadal, like Nagal Nadal. So don't want to get that confused. It's Sumit Nagal, with a G. Um, he lost the first set. Federer did six four. Kind of struggled. Lots of unforced errors. Um, typically, when Federer loses a set or loses a match, it's not necessarily because the other player was great. It was because you know had a lot of unforced and just didn't play well. Um, but he bounced back in a big way and won his match in four sets. Uh, he won six one, six two, and six four. Um, so I think he just needed to shake off a little bit of rust. Um, kind of had a disappointing finish in the Cincinnati Western and Southern Open um, a couple weeks ago. Um, so I think shaking off some rust, but I think this is a good sign for Federer because in Wimbledon a couple months back, or a month back or so, he uh, he lost his first set of the tournament in in the first round. Um, and then ended up making the final and had his chances to win the final. Talked about that already. I'm not going to go into it again, but you know, this might be a similar situation where Federer kind of shakes off a little bit of rust and then just, uh, it plays really well, makes the final and, and has another chance to win that 21st major. So we'll see, but I'm very much looking forward to it. Very much looking forward to the NFL season. Um, but yeah, that. That wraps up today's show, episode 80 of the Will Ford Show. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Be sure to uh, share this episode with your friends, coworkers, classmates. I know school is starting back up. Started up for me um, last week, and then classes started this week. So uh, lots of radio work and then class work. But yeah, it's everything starting back up for me, trying to figure it all out. Um, Be sure to check out the show on Twitter at the Will Ford Show. I haven't been as active recently, like I said, with just the school stuff, but I will be sure to, um, you know, get back on there and be more active. Same thing with the Facebook page. Check me out on there. That's where I post all my episode links. Um, and then I also post content from each episode on YouTube. Um, at least a video, maybe two after every episode. So check that out on there as well. Um, and yeah, that's it. So thanks for sticking with me guys and I hope to see you guys in the next episode, episode 81. We'll see you then. It's WFS.